Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khurram Shamim and this is the Muslims in Your Backyard podcast. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of this podcast. As always, I appreciate your support. Last week's episode, we discussed about Ramadan and the last 15 days of Ramadan and the goals that I had set and that I was hoping to, you know, at least inspire you or to help you in setting 15 or your goals for the last 15 days. So hopefully those goals have been going well. I know for me, myself, I've been trying my best to hit them as much as I can uh, when I have free time. Unfortunately, I also uh, work full time, which I'm sure many of you who listen to this podcast also work full time. So yes, it, it is somewhat difficult, of course, to try to hit those goals while also working full time. But nonetheless, right, intentions matter. So hopefully uh, you've been able to at least try to reach some of them and to at least get on the way of, you know, continuing the goals as well, even after Ramadan ends. And really about that ending of Ramadan is what I wanted to focus today's episode on, because by the time that I release this episode, um, the month of Ramadan will probably be in its last few days. So this episode will focus on sort of how we should, I guess, look back at our Ramadan and maybe some things that we should learn about ourselves when we look at Ramadan. And I kind of mentioned this in the last episode, but mainly about reflecting on Ramadan and sort of understanding what Ramadan has sort of taught us about not only ourselves, but also our connection to Islam. And why I wanted to really do this episode is, number one, because I think it's important to sort of explore this, right? To really maybe take a second and think about what we learned about ourselves. Because again, there is a lot that we do in Ramadan that maybe we don't get enough credit for. And, you know, this was one of the goals that I had had also set was to sort of appreciate, you know, what you were able to accomplish. And so this is kind of what I'm going to be looking at for today's episode. But also for this episode, it'll be less structured than some previous episodes, because this will be, of course, more about sort of thoughts and ideas rather than sort of having, uh, you know, a structure as to what I'm going to talk about. So it'll be a bit here and there, but bear with me, we'll flow through it. But just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to say that if you guys could go check me out on social media as well, it's at MIB Podcast, so that's M-I-Y-B Podcast. Uh, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram. I post a variety of stuff, including episode updates and just sort of other posts or informative things. So please do remember to check me out. And now on to today's episode. For today's episode, I wanted to focus on two main ideas. Uh, The first would be, what does fasting teach you? And this is really looking at what have I learned from fasting in terms of Ramadan, but also, you know, having the fast for, you know, the the morning till the sunset. Really, what has that taught me about myself and maybe things about the world as well? Uh, And then number two, what are we going to take away from this Ramadan? Uh, And this is more or less, you know, things that I learned about maybe not just myself, but also kind of my place in the world as well, and sort of what Ramadan has taught me about my context, you could say, within everything else. And and I'll get into this, of course, in a few minutes. Well, the first thing here, of course, what does fasting teach you? And I think one of the more important things that fasting teaches us is discipline. I think fasting is such a disciplined sort of thing. Uh, You can't really do fasting unless you have some sort of discipline, right? Because If you didn't have discipline, you'd probably just break your fast the first second that you might have a chance to, Uh, which I'm sure at times, you know, when we were younger, maybe we had temptation to, I should say, 
Uh, but, you know, obviously, as you get older, you sort of build that discipline. And I think that that's really interesting because obviously when you're younger, you're a bit, you know, you're juvenile, you're, you're doing whatever, you know, you're youth, you're youth, right? It's, it is what it is. Uh, but when you get older and you sort of realize your ability to just sort of avoid things like drinking water, for example, or not eating, uh, as we all would do, you also realize that, you know, you have a power where you can choose not to do things, right? And I always see this in a lot of, uh, you know, great lectures that I've watched from some of the, you know, more popular, uh, you know, imams and muftis and, you know, sheikhs of today, uh, is that Ramadan teaches you that, you know, you have the ability to fight your desires. You have the ability to fight your negative desires because you have the ability to say no to things like food and water, which are essential, really. They are essential for us, right? You need to have water to live and you need food to live, of course. But at the same time, we can say no to those things for about what? Like a few, well, it's not a few hours. It's for like most of the day. And we can still go on with our lives even after saying no to those things and, you know, avoiding them. And that's something that I think is really special when you put it into the right context that, you know, we don't need those things all the time. So in a way, you know, when you have some desires that maybe, you know, aren't the best or maybe are haram to some degree or maybe, you know, not halal, whatever, however way you want to put it, Ramadan teaches you really that you have the discipline to, to fight this, right? And you have the discipline and the ability to fight this as well. And I think you really more or less appreciate this more uh, when you are in a non-Muslim country uh, because most people around you are usually not fasting. Unless you're in a place with more Muslims, usually there's not that many Muslims within uh, you know, a workplace. And so you sort of appreciate more about what you're doing when you realize everyone else is still eating and you know, doing all their things, you know, the normal things that they do, whatever, drinking coffee, which is kind of a big one as well. For those of us that have to wake up early in the morning and, you know, uh, work, uh, you know, anyone doing basically nine to five and showing up to work, I, I, I would be willing to bet that not having coffee with you or tea or even something to just keep you awake, it's probably tough. And, and I can testament to that as well. It is tough at work as well as it is for, I'm sure, anyone that's working to not have something to maybe keep you awake during the day. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we're able to do that, right? And that's, just, that's, you know, alhamdulillah that we're able to do that. But that's definitely something that you can say that, you know, I have a power to fight these things that are bad, right? If you can stay away from the good, then you can stay away from the bad as well. And it's kind of interesting how you kind of learn that where it's, it's weird that you know, even myself, like there's things that maybe I can or cannot do, you know, where I don't have the discipline to do them. But for Ramadan, you know, you wake up every day for Fajr. You don't miss Fajr at all. Uh, yet that's probably the one, you know, uh, prayer where people don't have the discipline to actually wake up, right? And I, I myself have been guilty of that, as I'm sure most of us have as well, where you don't have the discipline to actually, you know, sleep on time or, you know, sleep and then still wake up for Fajr. But for Ramadan, we've been doing that consistently for 30 days. We did that, you know, effectively for 30 days. And there was really not much of a problem, I don't think so, for many of us. Uh, or maybe not, I should say, problem. But, you know, regardless, we were able to do it. And I think that that's something really, really important. Because, again, it goes back to the ability to fight your desires, right? You're able to fight your desire to sleep 
to go wake up to do Fajr namaz. And on the other hand, what Ramadan really does teach us as well, along the lines of discipline, is limiting what we're able to do. And what I mean by this is that a lot of times when, uh, especially in, in the West, you have access to so many things. You have so many distractions around you. Uh, but with Ramadan, you know, for 30 days, similar to waking up for Fajr, there's almost this commitment that a lot of people have where all of a sudden they're able to stay away from a lot of things, right? Like I know people who listen to music a lot that then stop listening to music during Ramadan, right? Because it's for 30 days and they stop listening to it. And maybe sometimes they get back into it. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I do know that a lot of people stop listening to music during Ramadan. And that's something that's really special as well, because that is something that I think is uh, worthwhile, where people do have the ability. And I know a lot of people who listen to music a lot, but they do have the ability to reduce it a bit. You know, I don't know about getting rid of it. I know that, you know, music is sort of a gray area where there's maybe not as much of a clear understanding of whether it's halal or haram or, you know, whether it's one of those things that's in between. I don't know. I'm not, you know, going to get into that, obviously. But regardless, you know, people have the ability to stay away from stuff like that. Or, you know, maybe something like overeating. Uh, overeating is something uh, that a lot of people might do throughout the day where they're constantly snacking on things and whatnot. But, you know, Ramadan, again, you know, you don't necessarily need to eat that much. Uh, although I will say that one of the major mistakes that people make while they're fasting is that for, you know, iftar, when they're breaking the fast, uh, they eat way too much during that moment, and then they sort of lose all the gains that they would have had uh, in terms of fasting, right? One of the most important things with, I think, effectively having a good Ramadan is understanding that it's teaching us in many ways that you don't need to necessarily consume as much as you do. And that includes with food as well, right? Like there's this weird thing where when I'm, you know, when I'm in Ramadan, I haven't eaten throughout the whole day, but somehow I'm perfectly fine, you know, relatively. I'm usually pretty tired, I'll be honest with you. Uh, but regardless, I'm usually pretty fine. I'm not that, you know, I'm not that bad in terms of, of uh, you, know, uh, you know, needing food. Uh, but when I'm, you know, in a month that's not Ramadan, if I don't eat at lunchtime, right, like all of a sudden I start to feel very, very hungry, you know, and I, and I feel the need to eat so much, right? But with Ramadan, I don't. It's always kind of weird when you, you look at it that way, right? Like, there's things where you, you just take for granted that I need to consume. But during Ramadan, you sort of realize to some degree, I don't really need to consume this. What's really happening is that I'm making myself consume this. So maybe, you know, I don't, I, I don't and I shouldn't consume this in the first place. I will also say that I'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't have, you know, lunch or anything like that. That's not the message that I'm trying to give. But what I mean is, is that really there's maybe a, 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 an idea that you don't need to eat as much, right? Like when you break your iftar and you eat a little bit of food, right? Usually for me at least, I don't know, maybe it's different for you guys. So I'm just speaking from my own experience here. But for me, usually the first few meal that you have, you know, during Ramadan, whether it's, you know, uh, some, you know, food like, you know, for, for me, because I'm Pakistani, we always have, you know, like samosas, pakora you know, whatever it is, little, you know, little treats for iftar. For me, a lot of times, I kind of get full when I eat them, you know, and, and I try not to eat too much of it. But even that little bit of food, you sort of realize just uh, how, I guess, worthwhile it is, 
right? Even though you haven't eaten for most of the day and you think that, you know, I'm just going to eat everything. But when you actually get to that moment, you realize just how little amount of food can actually give you the sustenance that you seek. So maybe you don't always need to eat so much every single meal, right? Maybe we don't need to eat as much for breakfast and lunch and we can make it up at dinner or whatever have you. I think there's just some important things to think about because there are many problems in the world where people overeat and they overconsume, right? Like food waste is a major problem where people will just throw away food for no reason, right? You really see it a lot in, in the Western world and throughout the world in, in general, but I think primarily in the Western world where you will see people that just recklessly throw out food because they just don't want to finish it, they don't want to eat it, whatever have you. And it's just weird to think about that because we all know during that first meal and, and you know, iftar, when you break the fast, it feels just so great. So if, if such little food can have such, you know, I guess sustenance for yourself, then really we should be holding food and, you know, what we can have to have sustenance, like water, for example, to a higher degree of, of relevancy. Because there is to some, you know, point, you would say, that people don't really realize just how valuable it really is. Now, the second point here about what fasting taught me was that fasting really taught me to clear my mind. You know, it taught me about how to focus on what matters. And, you know, there, there is sort of a thing, I, I don't know how to explain it, but when you're fasting, it, it sort of makes you, makes you focus a lot more on, you know, Islam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in general as well. Where uh, in, I guess you'd say, non-Ramadan months, we don't exactly do that, I think, to the same degree. And, and there is sort of a, a weird thing where, you know, I think people don't necessarily have the same focus on Islam because we're just sort of going through our, our lives. When really Ramadan teaches you that if you can spend, again, similar to fasting, if you can spend 30 days focusing on the religion, then you can definitely do it for the rest of the days as well. And I think I mentioned this uh, in the last episode as well. But regardless, you know, we do have the ability to do this. And it really does come from the fact of how Ramadan, you know, puts us into this position where it emphasizes so heavily your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and making sure that not only can you increase that connection, but you can amplify it more. And, you know, the way that I've sort of looked at it is if, you know, you made a, a new friend at work, right, and you really got along with this person, but you only talk to them for 30 days, and then for the rest of the year, you just never talk to them ever again. It, it doesn't make much sense if you think of it that way, right? So it's the same thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where you're able to clear your mind, and you're able to focus in on Islam, the religion, and your connection to Him, then why can't you do it for the rest of the year as well? And I think that in many ways, the connection that we grow uh, with Ramadan, the connection that we gain with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout Ramadan is so important because it also shows us that even though, you know, some of us may not always, you know, be as connected to Islam, we always have a chance at redemption to do that. And, and I think, you know, we often see this uh, during any masjid really, where throughout the year it'll be quite empty and whatnot, but then during Ramadan, it, it's obviously full, right? Because the, the many more people will show up and is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. You know, 
to me, I'm not going to judge someone, but I will say that it shows you that there's a lot of people out there that can make the commitment, for example, to show up for namaz, to show up to the masjid, but it's just a matter of maybe them having a, a roadblock within their own brain, you know, sort of a, a, a roadblock where they think that they can't accomplish it, or they think that, you know, I can't go and go to the masjid, or, or you know, maybe I can't read the Quran as much. But really, again, based on what we're able to accomplish, we do realize that we can, in fact, do this. And it goes back to, you know, the, the power to fight your desires. Here, I guess you could argue that it's more about the power to accomplish what you want in Islam, right? The power to sort of uh, get to where you want to be in terms of your commitment to the faith. And I hope that this point has made sense because I, I kind of worry if, if maybe I didn't explain it as clearly. But I really think that it comes down to the fact that Ramadan clears our mind. It gets rid of the distractions, like some that I was talking about before. But here, you could argue that it's, it's distractions like how much time you spend on you know, the, the TV or internet, right? There's so many apps like Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple TV where you can just spend hours and hours and hours and hours watching. Uh, but when you look at with Ramadan, we kind of, or you, or you should, I, I, I will say this, that you probably should stop watching TV as much as you do before and instead spend that time learning about Islam. Kind of like the goals that I was talking about last, uh, last week, uh, where I was talking about how we should try to watch more Islamic videos, right? Islamic lectures to learn about Islam. And that's something where if, again, you can do it during Ramadan, you can do it without Ramadan being there as well. What it also allows us to do is focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Islam, right? Uh, and it's something where when you're watching so much television, you know, I've noticed this as well. When you watch so much television or you're on the internet all the time, your thoughts or your ideas will also be about just that. Right? Your ideas are what you're thinking about, what you're following on the internet. You know, Maybe you find some new TV shows, so you start to look it up on the internet and whatnot. So rather than focusing on maybe things that matter, we're so caught up on focusing on the newest TV shows or you know the newest movies and whatnot, rather than focusing on, well, I mean, obviously, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our connection to Him. And so it is worthwhile to, to maybe learn from that. Uh, and it's definitely something where I think that I've learned from myself that I can spend time watching a lecture. It's not that difficult. Many of them, you know, I, I will say that people have a misconception that the lectures are always, you know, hours long and they're, you know, long and, and you know, boring or that, you know, they go on forever and the imam just keeps talking and talking and talking. But in reality, there's a lot of lectures out there that are actually quite short. They're about 5, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, you know, and, and they are just as effective as watching one that is, you know, hours long. And so it's important to at least take the time to go out and search for the knowledge, because when you do search for it, you will find it. And lastly here, and this is something that I think I, I kind of touched upon earlier as well, but I think that Ramadan has really given me and appreciation for, you know, things within my life as well. Uh, you know, I you kind of take for granted a lot of things. Uh, for those of us who maybe uh, live in, you know, uh, I guess comfortable lives, uh, obviously I, I don't know uh, what kind of lives everyone that listens to this podcast lives, uh, but I mean, obviously, hopefully, inshallah, that you guys 
do find, you know, peace in whatever way that, you know, you're living or wherever you are living. Uh, but really, you kind of appreciate maybe the things you take for granted. Uh, one of them, obviously, is access to stuff like food, right? Like you can easily access food wherever you want within much of the world, right? You just have maybe a credit card or some money with you and you can access whatever you want. And you kind of realize maybe how much you rely on a food or, you know, drinks and whatnot throughout your day. And I think that you give more appreciation for them, kind of like what I was talking about, how much sustenance they can bring you before. But you give more appreciation to what this is, right? The ability to just have food on demand wherever you are, right? There's a lot of people in this world that don't have that. And so to some degree, Ramadan kind of teaches you what life is like when you don't have food on demand, right? When you don't have the ability to just immediately have the food that you want, right? In, in you know, a normal, in a normal, you know, day or whatnot, uh, if I wanted food like a cookie or something, I would just go to my cabinet, pull out the cookie tray, and I just eat the cookie, right? Just like that. So simple. Uh, but for, you know, in Ramadan, obviously, you can't do that. And, you know, the, the temptation or whatnot might be there, but we obviously don't. Uh, but for much of the world, that doesn't exist, right? They can't just pull out a cookie and just eat it. And I think that if you can't appreciate, you know, what that means, I, I do think to some degree, you're missing one of the bigger lessons in Ramadan, right? You're, you're missing the importance of appreciating what you have around you. And, you know, even from there, you can branch off to bigger and, and you know, more important things. You know, maybe you should appreciate the fact that you have a job, that you have a consistent income. Or maybe you should appreciate the fact that you still have a family to have iftar with, right? So uh, you still should appreciate that maybe you have a good Muslim community around you. You have a masjid that's really well built. You know, a lot of things there are that I think, uh, you know, we can appreciate more than I think what we're willing to give it. Um, and I think it's just important that we realize that there's many things in our daily lives that we don't necessarily give as much focus to that we should. And I think that this is, again, a, a, a sort of a hidden lesson within Ramadan that maybe we don't realize immediately. But I do think that you start to appreciate what is around you when you realize how difficult it is sometimes to not have them on demand or not to immediately have what you want. And I also think that when it comes to things like zakat as well, right, when it comes to helping the needy, uh, this is definitely one of those lessons, right? Like this is something that unfortunately much of the world will go through where people are starving or they don't have enough food, they don't have enough sustenance to, to sustain them. Or, you know, even if they do, they don't have enough for everyone in their family. And that's something that I think that we should really appreciate. Many of us, especially I know from my family, for other families as well, we're easily able to have these large and great iftars where we have all this food, multiple desserts, you know, all these, you know, uh, different, you know, foods where you have, you have your biryani, you have your curry, your salan, all, all this stuff. And there's much of the world that isn't able to do that. And I think if you can't appreciate that in itself, you can't appreciate what you've been given, you're sort of missing maybe part of the, the lesson in Ramadan as well. And maybe that in itself is also something to be grateful for as well, that in a month that so many people just think is just waking up, eating suhoor, fasting, and then having iftar, 
you start to realize that it's more than that, right? Like there's a lot of things that maybe we don't learn about that we don't realize about. And you know what? There's probably things that I didn't even realize because I've really only talked about what I've learned from my experiences. Obviously, other people's experiences could be much different than mine. And that's okay, obviously, because there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, everyone will have different ways of looking at things. And, you know, if you guys would want to, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about Ramadan. You know, you can tweet at me on Twitter. Like I mentioned before, it's at Mib Podcast. That's M-I-Y-B Podcast. So please do tweet at me. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think about, you know, what you feel fasting and Ramadan has really taught you. Because for me, it is really about things that I mentioned about discipline, clearing my mind and the appreciation for the things that I have around me, because you really do have a greater, I guess, I want to say connection. Yeah, a greater connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during this month than you would in other days. And that's something to really try to make the most of and, you know, maximize, like I mentioned before, uh, about Ramadan and maximize what you can gain from Ramadan as well. And then lastly, I wanted to focus on the second point here about what we are going to take away from this Ramadan. And this one is, uh, you know, something that I think maybe is more focused on on me because obviously uh, I can only really focus on what I feel I can take away from this Ramadan. Uh, and one of them, and a major one, I'll say, uh, because it's, it's one that I didn't necessarily have to go through throughout most of my life because I only just recently uh, graduated, uh, so I guess I'm kind of revealing how young I am, uh, but um, I only just recently graduated, uh, and I remember throughout most of the Ramadans that I guess I've lived through, uh, they, were, they were through the summer, actually, which was a lot worse. Like, summer Ramadan is very difficult, but nonetheless, you know, that's most of my Ramadans so far have all been through the summer, uh, but I remember one of the things that I always appreciate now is that during school, you know, Ramadan would be sort of less, uh, you know, uh, less impactful because usually you would have Ramadan during the summer. So you would be able to at least, at least you would be able to have summer break while doing Ramadan. So you wouldn't necessarily, you know, have to go to school. Um, later on, you know, when I uh, got older as well, then I had to also go to university where I don't think I actually had to fast because uh, what happened was that I would finish my exams before Ramadan began anyways. It, it is something that you really appreciate because now that I'm working full-time, like it, it is difficult to work full-time and fast for Ramadan, right? Like you, you have to wake up early in the morning uh, and then you have to basically, you know, stop your sleep, you wake up, you have your fast, and then you try to go back to sleep. If you're like me, you find it very difficult. I find it often difficult to go back to sleep immediately. You know, once my body wakes up, it wakes up for a while. I don't immediately go back to sleep. So I often have my sleep schedule sort of messed up because of that. And I think that to some degree, like this is something that's really important when it comes to appreciating uh, what I'm going to take away from this Ramadan, because I'm going to take away that it's very difficult to work while fasting. And I appreciate even though when I was younger, I didn't necessarily recognize how lucky I was to be just sitting at home and fasting. But now I really do appreciate that because it is much tougher 
for those of you who aren't in the workforce yet, but it is so much more difficult to work while fasting. It really is. And, you know, some workplaces are much better about it. Like they'll maybe let you get, you know, a nap in or maybe, you know, they'll have a rest area where you can sort of take some rest. But it, it is it is difficult. It, it is difficult to some degree uh, to be fasting and working full time. The second thing that I'm going to take away from this Ramadan that I feel I take away from every Ramadan is the absurd, and, and, and I don't know how else to phrase this, but it, it's somewhat absurd how quickly Ramadan goes by, right? Like it, It's like in a blink of the eye, you go from day one of Ramadan, which is probably the hardest day of Ramadan, but you go from day one of Ramadan to all of a sudden, you know, almost being at the end of Ramadan. It's so quick. You know, it feels like just like that, it's done. And it's weird, really, because I feel as if the other days of the year or whatnot go much slower, but Ramadan is just done, right? Like, it just feels like from point A to point B, it's just finished so quickly. And, and I think it is somewhat interesting, right? Maybe it's also a testament to the fact that when you become so focused on things, when you become more focused on stuff like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your prayer, and you create that repetition, maybe things do go by quicker because you're so focused on things that maybe matter. I don't know. But I will always say that it is something that's just so, I guess, mind-boggling how quickly Ramadan goes by. You know, there's so much anticipation to it. You'll see people saying, you know, we're one month away from Ramadan, we're two months away from Ramadan, and then all of a sudden Ramadan comes and goes, and you're like, oh, it's over. All that anticipation, and it's just done just like that. So again, a reminder, I guess, to make the most of the last few days that we have left of Ramadan, but also you know, to appreciate just how quickly this month can go by. Uh, and, you know, maybe, again, the reason why it went by so quickly was because you were so focused on your fast and your prayer and that you were focused on things that mattered, which is why it went by so quickly. And then lastly, and, and this is one that maybe is uh, a bit controversial to say, or maybe a bit out there to say, or maybe some people might not take this the right way, but regardless... I kind of feel that one of the things that I've taken away from Ramadan is that it's not that hard to be Muslim, you know? It's not that hard, really. Like, it's not that difficult to be a Muslim. And, and what I'm really getting at is that you often hear this where people, when they talk about, about Islam, uh, they talk about what Islam restricts, right? So, no drinking, uh, you know, no uh, premarital affairs, no, you know... No meeting with people, you know, no, obviously, uh, opposite genders can't meet, um, you know, nothing of, you know, obviously no, uh, or at least I guess who you ask, no music, whatever, you know, obviously I, I know that there's a gray area there, uh, you know, no, you know, meeting with, uh, you know, people for like a party or something like that, like that, that's something where obviously I mean like a haram party, not like a normal, like, not like a potluck, like an actual party, uh, whatnot. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people will talk about how you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, but I think that that's the wrong way to look at it, right? Maybe rather than looking at what you can't do, you should look at what you can do, right? It's not like Islam prohibits you from getting together and meeting with people, right? If you ever had an iftar party, uh, you can do that, right? And, and iftar parties are, are quite uh, fun, right? Like you get together, you break your fast together, uh, you know, it's sort of like a, a community thing where you stick together, 
I just think that there's certain things that people focus too much on the negatives rather than, you know, some of the positives. And then on the other hand as well, when you think about what you're able to do when it comes to stuff like restricting, you know, your, your discipline, having more discipline, being able to, you know, clear your mind, and you realize that you can actually focus on things like reading the Quran or doing all five prayers. Because if you're fasting during Ramadan, one of the th- great things is that you're doing all five prayers no matter what, right? You have to do Fajr, or at least I assume you guys are doing Fajr. I, I think that that should be a given that you should be doing Fajr. You will obviously do, you know, all the namaz till Isha as well. And, and you know, I, I guess you don't necessarily have to. I can't, I guess, force you to do them. But you always have the opportunity to. And, you know, most people find that Fajr is the most difficult uh, namaz or, or, sorry, prayer, I should say, to do. And yet Ramadan makes it quite easy because you are awake during the time when Fajr happens. So you always have the opportunity to do it. And one thing I've learned is that it's not that difficult to actually wake up. What you really need to do more than anything is to have the discipline to wake up, which Ramadan teaches you, you have the discipline to do it. So the question is, is that if you have the discipline, you have the ability, why can't we do it? It again goes back to the idea of the roadblock, right? We have a roadblock maybe to say that, oh, I don't want to wake up, I'm too lazy. Again, right? Like it's that thing where, I guess it's not that difficult to, to wake up, right? Like I understand people's circumstances are different. And to some degree, I am only talking about my own circumstance, but it is something that I think has definitely resonated with me, right? Like having to, you know, read the Quran on a daily basis, for example, that's not impossible. If you can do it for 15 minutes, right? You can do it. Like it's not that difficult, right? And, and I think that that's maybe another lesson in Ramadan is that Ramadan teaches us that the commandments that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us are not that crazy. You know, some people act like they are. They, they truthfully do, right? Like some people will, especially, you know, people who live in maybe more of a non-Muslim area, they're often more inclined to sort of having opinions, or just in my experience at least, because I live in, in a, you know, in a more non-Muslim area. I mean, where I live, there is a Muslim community, but it's not as big as there is in some other parts of, you know, Canada. Uh, but regardless, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to have a commitment to Islam, to saying no to stuff like drinking or, or you know, uh, no to, you know, uh, partying, whatever it is, right? Like, you have the ability to do that. You have the power to do that. And, you know, you can continue to live your life peacefully and in a good way and still say no to those things. And I just think that that's something important, right? It's an important thing to maybe think about, that if you can do it again during Ramadan, you can do it any day of the year. You just got to have the focus to get it done. Now, with that being said, I want to end today's episode here. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and my little discussion about the end or the near end of Ramadan and what I feel Ramadan has really taught me. Uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed today's episode as well. I I hope today's episode wasn't, uh, you know, too rambling. I I hope I didn't ramble too much there. And I hope that my ideas made sense because like I mentioned earlier, 
it wasn't as structured, so I really did this really off the cuff more than some of the other episodes. Uh, so I hope it wasn't too out there and, you know, that the thoughts actually made sense uh, because a lot of this is things that I've really thought about uh, for the past few days and the past few weeks during Ramadan. And, you know, it's something that I hope that you guys think about as well because I think it's very important for us to think about what we are doing and maybe what we are not doing as well. Now, with that being said, of course, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate the support. Uh, if you guys could also, again, go follow me on social media. It's at Mib Podcast. That's M-I-Y-B Podcast on both Instagram and on Twitter. I'd love to hear what you guys thought of the episode and just a chance to interact with you guys. I post a lot of stuff on my social media, so please do go check it out. Uh, but most importantly, if you guys want to talk or if you guys want to contact me on social media, I'd love to have a, a chat about maybe things that you thought about you know, the episode or your own reflections or ideas about Ramadan or really anything to do with Muslims or Islam. Uh, as well as if you guys could also leave a five-star review or like uh, or hit the like button, uh, as I guess the phrase goes, uh, from whatever podcast host that you are listening to this from, it really does allow me to continue making episodes and really makes it easier for me to produce more episodes in the near future as well. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I'm the only one that produces these episodes. I'm the only one that edits, you know, researches and records these episodes. There's really no one else that helps me. So please, I would really appreciate if you guys did uh, give a good review and a, a good rating uh, for the episode as well. Um, and also, if you guys did enjoy today's episode, don't forget to share it with others. If you enjoyed it, again, I'm sure others would as well. Uh, and one last thing. Uh, I am very excited to announce that next week's, or I should say, sorry, the next episode, which would be two weeks from now, uh, will be my first podcast interview, where I will be interviewing Yunus Imam of the, uh, of the organization called The Salam Project, which focuses on masjid security and masjid safety. It's, it was a very, very interesting interview. Yunus had many great insights uh, into detailing how Muslims can keep their own masjid safe, as well as to increase the awareness and importance of public safety and public security within masjids and for the larger Muslim community within Canada, especially in the context of the recent uh, events and issues and, and, of course, unfortunate uh, attacks that have occurred against Muslims. So please do not forget to check that episode. It will be, it'll be released two weeks from now. And again, it was an excellent discussion and Eunice had some wonderful insights that he gave. So again, with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I appreciate the support. Inshallah and Alafis, we'll meet again.